You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Arik, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore, the publisher of the Barkboard. And Jackson, you know, uh, the spring session is now over, and but, uh, you know, our weather's still good right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Uh, I managed to get sunburnt out there at the spring preview, but compared to most spring previews at this time of year, it was very pleasant. <laughs> yeah, normally normally we're pushing the 90s by this time uh, when we do our spring sessions, and uh, it's it's been a refreshing change this year so far. It looks like spring is holding on for dear life and keeping our weather nice and cool over here for now. So I, I'm really grateful because I... Everyone knows I hate the summertime. <laughs> it's <laughs> nasty over here. Uh, but Jackson, I mean, you got uh, uh, the chance to kind of go over there all spring. Uh, and so this past weekend was the the spring uh, preview. And what was your first reactions uh, after taking that in from what you've been able to see all season? Yeah, so that was our, you know, we've been out of all the practices pretty much, but to just get a real chance to see the team go live and, Get that full experience of, of what's going on behind the scenes and some of the stuff where we're not able to see. And uh, of course, my eyes first went to the quarterbacks, and I was very curious to see how that was going to pan out. And it's hard to make too many assumptions from just one out of fifteen in terms of um, the live periods, and uh, one out of three or four when you're talking about scrimmage days. But you got to give it to Logan Fife. He had quite a day. Um, often started out really slow, came out and threw a fifty-yard touchdown pass. Uh, comes back around again and throws another touchdown on a long drive. And so I I think the biggest thing for me was that Fife did everything he needed to do to remain, you know, keep this a quarterback competition where you know, the assumption has been that Mikey Keene would come right in and, and win the job regardless of if it would be quick or if it would take a while all the way till up to the season opener. You could see it happening either way. And Keene had some struggles. He threw a pick early on. It was an impressive one-handed interception by Stephen Comstock, but a pick nonetheless. He had another ball that probably should have been intercepted. He had a nice touchdown pass to a wide-open Malik Sherrod, which was the you know on the positive side for him. So you just see those two quarterbacks, and they seem to to kind of be one and two right now. And uh, Joshua Wood, who we did not get to see, that was a kind of another reaction to the spring preview is that we didn't get to see him. Who there's been a lot of hype and a lot of talk around him. He's younger than both Keen and Fife and has another year of eligibility beyond those two. So uh, it kind of looks like those are the three guys to, to key in on at the quarterback position. And I was trying to glance around what else I noticed from the field. It seemed like Malik Sherrod was a pretty good distance ahead as the starting running back. Um, not a, ter- a big surprise there. Uh, I think on defense, the big things that stuck out to me were Stephen Comstock, uh, not only starting, but kind of getting the veteran treatment. He didn't play too much more else after that one-handed interception. And, you know, he was on the sideline with guys like Lavelle Bailey and Malachi Langley. And so he you know, he seems to be in a pretty good spot there. And uh, some of the young linebackers, Tim Thomas and uh, Phoenix Jackson, seem to have uh, passed up some of the older guys in that room. So um, you know, kind of picking up things here and there all across the board and we'll kind of break it down here position by position. Yeah. I mean, I, I took in some of that too and I I saw some impressive plays happening and like you, like you had mentioned, uh, Fife, uh, I think Fife was pretty much the standout from, from what I, I could see, uh, during the, the whole session. Uh, he seemed to be the one quarterback that, uh, felt the most comfortable, so to speak in, in, at that position right now. So I don't know, maybe it's a uh, signs of what's to come. Uh, quarterback position is still wide open at the moment. Um, and no one has been named a starter. So things could turn out to, uh, to, to get sh- shooken up, so to speak, by the time we hit fall time. Uh, so let's, let's go into these positions and what we, what we saw uh, here. Uh, so let's start off with, 
the quarterback position, as I mentioned, uh, Fife really had a good day. But what what's your overall assessment on how the quarterback group did? Yeah, you know, it was a, a pretty solid day. Just the one pick, um, and again, it was a one hander. So uh, you got to give some kudos where they're due to, to Comstock there. But um, you know, it, it feels a lot like what the coaches have reflected that they feel like they've got a room full of quarterbacks that are all pretty solid. Uh, Coach Sedford said after the, the scrimmage, it would be easy for them if a few of the guys were just terrible, and they had a couple of guys that were pretty good competing for the job, but. So all six have had their moments in the springs and bring something different to the table. Um, and we saw a bit of that. We didn't get to see Wood, of course, but you know, even Matt Robinson, who has now entered the transfer portal, uh, had a couple of good drives with the third team. Uh, Jaden Manville as well, the true freshman early enrollee, threw a touchdown pass and had some moments with the third team. But uh, looking at the, the guys competing for the main job, it seemed like Price and Keene, you know, had some solid play. They went up against the first-team defense that is, is going to be ahead of them right now, which played into the offense starting off a little slow. But once they settled in and once some of the starters for on the defensive side got out of the way, uh, I thought they, they had a pretty solid day. I, I liked what I saw in, uh, in regards to his leadership. Um, you know, he, he took a sack and dapped up all the O-linemen one by one before they broke into the next battle. I thought that was neat. It uh, just seems like he has a, a good presence about him. And, you know, when he did have time to throw, he threw some nice balls. Uh, you know, it's, you got to include some of the seven-on-seven seven into your overall impressions. And you know, He threw a 40-yarder to Jalen Moss, which was an impressive catch, but the ball was right where it needed to be. That was a big throw. He threw one to Merhadi Exepra right over the middle, about a 25-yard throw right on the money. Um, and, and then, of course, the one to Sherrod I mentioned earlier, Touchdown pass was about 25, 30 yards to, oh, he was wide open, but it was exactly where it needed to be. And when your target is five foot eight, your uh, range of, of target is a little smaller than your typical receiver. So that one was where it needed to be. So a couple of uh, poor throws that aren't really um, reflective of what Keen did at UCF, especially last year, but uh, also kind of digging into the quarterbacks and, and his experiences the last two years there it looks like he had a lot better pass protection than fresno state has been able to offer its quarterbacks so uh, the kind of for me i think some of the biggest tasks for keen might just be adjusting to not having as good of an o-line probably here unless they they fix some of that up and on fives and it just seems like his confidence and uh what he gained from his experience is it's really through the roof right now in a way that has brought him along further at this stage than we anticipated and has made it a true competition. Yeah, things are, things are really looking uh, good for the quarterback's uh, position right now. Uh, it's a good problem to have all these quarterbacks in the, in the mix right now, right, Jackson? Yeah, I, th- I think they've you know, they had six in camp. Uh, Robinson has now hit the portal. Um, you know, just to, to kind of update, if you're not familiar with what the portal situation is, the to try to kind of rein some of this stuff in, the NCAA has created windows of when you can enter the portal, and now one of them is after spring. So right after the season, there's a window to enter the portal, and then it's supposed to settle down for a couple of months, and then after spring camp, players can figure out where they're at and if they want to enter the portal at that point. So we're in that stage right now, and Matt Robinson uh, might have been sixth in, in the pecking order, so a guy that only has one year of eligibility left. It certainly makes sense for him to want to pursue other options. Um, and I'll update where the Bulldogs are in the portal as we go through each position. Um, but you take him out of the equation. Um, uh, Jalen Henderson competed in the spring preview. It seemed like he was probably third in line and you know, had some runs. Uh, threw a couple of nice balls to the end zone that were kind of right on the edge there, sideline back of the end zone. It looked like he might have had one or two touchdowns that were just a few inches away from being big plays that were incomplete. Um, and, and it looks like uh, just that, that he's probably on the outside looking in on the competition at this point. So you've got the three, five Keen Wood and Mandel as well coming through in the, the pipeline, probably redshirt this year, but um, definitely prepping to be the guy for the future. And uh, you got a pretty solid group of uh, four quarterbacks right there to move forward. 
Absolutely. There's a, I mean, like I said, there's a good problem to have right now uh, for the Bulldogs. Um, you know, one one of the quarterbacks has entered the the portal. Um, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised more didn't go Jackson. So, um, but I guess it's still a little early for that. Um, Moving on to the next position, we've got the running backs position. Now, this is one that's uh, uh, really wide open right now is to figure out who that next starter is going to be. Yeah, you know, it, it was open to start spring, but I think Malik Sherrod has done a really good job of trying to close it. I think that you know, Damian Moore, the transfer from Cal, was the most likely to uh, contest for the job, and he did miss some of spring with an injury. Uh, he did have, you know, not a ton of opportunity in the spring preview, and there was at least one, if not two, plays where he just kind of slipped in the backfield or or got uh, attacked as soon as he got the ball. So didn't get to see a ton of him from the spring preview, but he's certainly in that mix. Uh, I think Sherrod uh, has certainly distanced himself. Uh, I would anticipate he's going to be the starter, but the question becomes. Uh, is it going to look like it has for the last three years where the Bulldogs basically ride one running back and there's a second running back that gets a little bit of action? Or could we see maybe like Coach Tedford's first few years where they were cycling three or four running backs in a full-on committee, um, especially considering those years they didn't have as many established running backs, but they had a lot of uh, variety of talent and, and younger running backs. So I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out to be something like that this year. but. In the spring preview, I liked what I saw from Sherrod. I especially liked you know, the way that they were using him. Um, I think back to that USC game where he broke off a big run. You know, it was full actor playing from behind and kind of in an up-tempo shotgun, or, you know, just kind of catch-up mode. And uh, it feels like the offense is going to be more uh, catered to that style with Coach McCann as the offensive coordinator just on a regular basis, a little faster, a little more spread out. And, I think that's going to benefit Sherrod. He just seems to have a, a nice burst of acceleration and speed in the open field. He is a very strong running back, considering he's just five foot eight. He loves to lower his shoulder and uh, can put much bigger players on their backs when he does that. But uh, the ability for him to also be in open space and uh, kind of burst through some more open holes on the outside of the field rather than between the tackles, I think that's going to benefit him. And, only cater to him being the starter. Yeah, so uh, th- things are very hopeful for the running back position. I, I mean, this is, uh, I don't know, Jackson, I can't remember the last time where most of Fresno State's offense is completely wide open. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, just about every position. Yeah, and especially, I mean, if there was ever a time like this, we would assume it's not going to be a very good year for Fresno State because all of the best years, it seems like, has had the senior quarterback and a lot of offensive weapons, and you know, a bunch of them ultimately get drafted or you know, whatever the, the following offseason. But the Bulldogs have so much on the defense that finish the year so good. It just feels like uh, if they can just kind of stay afloat with the defense for a few weeks and, and get things figured out offensively with the pieces they do have, that could be a very, very uh, successful season for this team. So that's an exciting thing that they've built the defense around to allow the offense to catch up a little bit. Uh, just rounding out the running back room, Elijah Gilliam had a, a really good spring, uh, and he's been in that mix too. Jonathan Arsenault, uh, they scored a touchdown in the spring preview and is coming along. Could very well be in that mix. Uh, he's been injured about the whole last year, so uh, he's still catching up a little bit with his opportunities. And uh, like what I saw from the three walk-ons, especially Caden Rogers had a couple of big runs. And uh, one new transfer portal entry who you know, actually had a couple of nice moments, uh, Simi Bakari. We, we really haven't seen much of him since he got here from Missouri. And uh, as soon as we see him in the spring preview, he catches a 20-yard pass and runs a 15-yard gain. Um, so a quick impression from him. But being a, a graduate transfer senior with one year, kind of like Robinson, out of the mix, it looks like uh, he has also entered the transfer portal. So, um Kind of the trend I think you'll see from a lot of the portal entries so far, which is about 10 right now for spring, which seems like a lot, but they're largely guys that were kind of out of the depth chart and uh, looking to find somewhere else where they can get playing time. 
Yeah, and so it again the trend continues. the The offensive side of things, a lot of new faces, uh, and only time to, uh, is going to tell us exactly how this offense is going to shape up. Uh, but uh, it's kind of kind of exciting to see all the talent coming through here, and uh, the Bulldogs will have the the ability to pick and choose who uh, who's going to take those positions at this point because the whole offense is wide open. And another uh, position that's pretty much wide open right now is the wide receiver position. And uh, this spring preview, Jackson, we did we did see a few glimmers uh, of greatness coming out of uh, some of these receivers. So, so what's your take on that uh, on that group? Yeah, I mean, we saw Moss with the big catch and seven on sevens. Uh, almost came up with a, a pretty big touchdown catch on a, a throw to the end zone. In 11 on 11, um, we saw, of course, Magdalena and Eric Brooks in that starting lineup, really the only two returners right now, at least the healthy ones. Um, I didn't see uh, a lot of moments from those guys, but expecting them to be solid in, in the starting lineup. Josiah Freeman, who's had a big spring camp, six foot three, uh, second year of junior college transfer, who redshirted last year, was primarily in that starting lineup. And again, didn't have a, a whole lot of moments, but you just see his size and <laughs> his athleticism and ability and, and what you can pretty easily tell why he's in that mix. Um, we saw Tim Green, the junior college receiver, kind of stuck on the third team, but had a lot of catches on Saturday. Got a lot of targets. I think he had a pretty good day. Um, we saw some of the, the younger reserve players. Um, Nathan Acevedo caught a touchdown pass. Um, Isaiah Batten as well, a walk-on, caught a touchdown late third team um the receiver that really had a big day on saturday was jordan brown and it's a, a pretty critical position too because fresno state they lose nico remigio they bring back eric brooks so they know they have a starting slot receiver but none of the the other guys on the roster have really played a whole lot as the second slot guy he, the bulldogs would like to rotate their slot receiver about 60 40 or so and and also have a second slot receiver for four receiver formations and for jordan brown to catch Logan fires 50-yard touchdown and his five-yard touchdown later on. Two touchdowns for the redshirt junior walk-on. I mean, that's a pretty big day for him. It seemed like he had already distanced himself as the option for the number two and uh, had a big day on Saturday. But uh, the Bulldogs are pretty active in the transfer. We've offered a couple of receivers, particularly slot receivers. So I think that's still going to be a position of need and. We'll see if Brown fins off a, a newcomer, if they can get one. Um, just overall, you know, it seems like the Bulldogs are about seven or eight receivers deep. Um, we saw a lot of them rotate and, and play those second and third team reps. Even some guys that aren't quite in the starting lineup yet have uh, a lot of potential and talent, but just not a lot of D1 snaps in that group. So uh, it could be some growing pains this year with that unit, but it seems like the, the talent is is not uh, deficient by any means. Bulldogs should also get Amorie Edwards back for fall camp, which would be a, a big boost. He can also play slot receiver or outside. So we'll see where he fits in. But you, know, you figure in Delena and Brooks, Freeman, Moss, Edwards. I'll see if maybe they bring in another receiver, maybe two. Uh, there's still a, a handful of other guys beyond that that have potential to contribute. So, uh, the talent is there, but the experience is not. So that's where we'll see how that impacts this offense in the early goings of this season. Yeah, I mean, this uh, spring preview was uh, was kind of impressive to see some of these wide receivers get out there and, and do their thing. Uh, I, I mean, there was one pass that that stands out to me, and I believe that was Brown with with Fife. Uh, on that on that touchdown where uh, Fife really just hit him in stride, uh, didn't even break break stride whatsoever, right into the end zone, um, and so it's it's good to see uh, that the the talent of at the wide receiver uh, position really uh, is still there, even though we lost a couple of huge pieces. Uh, the Bulldogs are still able to kind of uh, you know put things back together with the wide receiver group and it's looking very hopeful so far, right, Jackson? Yeah, I think Brown's a, an important one because he was really gaining favor with the uh, DeBoer staff. And then last year uh, he got hurt very early into the season and it, it basically cost him the whole year. I think that uh, it would have been hard for him to contribute 
with all the receivers that Fresno State had last year, but it seemed like he was trending towards being what he was in the spring preview. And so I think that was a big one for him to kind of catch up and get back to where his trajectory might have had him uh, before that injury. Uh, again, the five foot nine walk on, probably not a lot of fans know a whole lot about him, but uh, he has really exceeded expectations while he's been here. And then just the overall group. Um, again, it seems like they could end up going a lot of different ways by the time the, the final two deep comes out. But I feel like whoever are in those spots has enough talent to get by. I'm really excited for Freeman and Moss. I think they're the difference makers, especially when you factor in you know, right after the season ended, Fresno State got really busy recruiting transfers and they didn't get any. And then they brought in three junior college receivers and you've got Freeman who's been in college for just one year as a junior college transfer. Moss is just a redshirt freshman. He's been out of high school for eight or nine months now. And those two were able to seemingly fend off three older, more experienced kind of junior college receivers. So it seems like the two or three returners plus Moss and Freeman, that's really the core right there. Yeah, it's uh, so it's it's very very. Uh, I, I'm 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 actually happy with this wide receiver group. It's going to be interesting to watch these guys get out there. Uh, I you know we've got a lot of depth at the moment, so they could they could really spread the field quite a bit, um, and really help uh help things uh, for the offense because. You know, new quarterback, you know, almost every single player is brand new. They're going to be coming after the Bulldogs this coming season. So uh, we'll see what they are able to kind of come up with uh, by utilizing as many of these receivers as they can. Now, of course, that also means into the mix, we're going to have to uh, get the tight end involved. And hopefully, Jackson, they'll get the tight end involved more than we have seen in the last few years. I know I'm a broken record, but... I bring this up every single season, hoping the tight end will be more and more involved. But for whatever reason, they don't use them as much anymore. Right, Jackson? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, they were on the field. But as far as getting targets with all the receivers they had the last two years, it was really hard to justify them getting too many targets to the tight end. I I think Raymond Powell's could have had a lot more numbers here under different circumstances and still had some moments as a receiver last year. But. Um, you know, even with him moving on, graduated, uh, there's still some very familiar tight ends out there. Jake Bouse played a lot last year, more so blocking, and, you know, doing the, the dirty work at the position. And then Trey Watson, who missed most of last year with injury, the second half particularly. Uh, he's already healthy and back and has bulked up quite a bit. So those two guys are really the, the pieces right there. And you kind of want a blocking tight end and a receiving tight end and they fit the mold immediately there. Um, we didn't see a whole lot of tight end action in the spring preview, and I'm guessing that's because they were keeping the offense vanilla, more of the base with just one tight end, and um, getting seen what they could do with the receivers more so in that scrimmage. But we did see some of the younger tight ends make plays. Merhadi Zebra caught several passes. Tyler Carr, the walk-on who is the son of David Carr, uh, actually caught two passes within a three-play span, and I saw... Derek Carr put those plays on Instagram, got some footage. So, uh, it was uh, nice to see the, the the newest car, what he could do and, and show some promise there. Um, but for the most part, you know Watson and, and Bouse are going to be the guys. Uh, Jake Tarwater, a new junior college transfer who's had a really good spring camp, unfortunately couldn't go in the spring preview. So I think he's probably going to be in that mix for a role. Cameron Beecham as well now been here for a couple of years and is ready to contribute. So um, you know, didn't feel like I took a whole lot from the spring preview about the position, but uh, I'm anticipating it to be a key part of how they run the offense, especially when you consider they brought in three new scholarship recruits this year, Tarwater being one. There's two high schoolers on the way in the fall. They're going to have uh, eight tight ends on the roster, which is normal for Coach Tedford, but shows that uh, with Pat McCann as the OC that they're still going to value what those guys do and and, uh, make sure there's a role for them. Yeah, so the tight end position right now is uh, is a big question mark, and we'll see what happens uh, moving forward if they're going to use them more often. I I keep saying it. They need to use them. 
but <laughs> but every year they keep proving me wrong and they just keep going uh in a different direction so we'll we'll see how that pans out this upcoming season uh now none of this is going to happen if the quarterback can't stay uh, upright right jackson so the offensive line is going to be key here and after what happened last year with a lot of uh players seemingly going down uh every so often how is the offensive line looking like this uh this season coming in uh coming into uh, this upcoming season yeah, this is one position, you know, if you were giving everyone grades, I'd, I'd have to make the O-line an, an incomplete here. Um, you know, they, uh, and it's, they have a lot of plans for that unit, and it seemed like they just really didn't get to implement them this spring. Uh, they brought in three junior college recruits who all played left tackle at the junior college level, um, but only one was here and healthy this spring, Edward Fonua, who had a, a fine spring, but He's about 6'2", 6'3", really more of a guard, and they did move him from tackle to guard over the course of spring. You've got Hayden Poulos from local Fresno City College who's here, but is still rehabbing from injury and, and didn't participate this spring. And then you've got, as well, uh, Caleb Barajas from Ventura College who is not here yet. He's a, a summer enrollee. So um, there's a lot of plans to change the left tackle position, and they just really didn't get to do it this spring. Um, we did see in the spring preview, which was a very late development for the Bulldogs, that the returning left tackle, um, Jacob Spomer, was playing center. And, you know, he's only six foot two. He did get by with his long wingspan last year at left tackle, but uh, really more of an interior lineman. And if they can find an answer for left tackle, you know, suddenly you might have an upgrade at center and an upgrade at left tackle. And now you've got more players competing for remaining spots. So, um, it could be a, a big overall upgrade if they do find uh, the right piece or two to come in. Uh, also, this spring, Mose Vavago got hurt. He was not in the lineup on Saturday, so you know, that's a really big piece they're missing without him in the lineup. Um, so it's, it's tough to, to take too much away from the O-line this spring, unfortunately. And some of the things that excite me about the new assistant coach, Brian Armstrong, or some of his exotic blocking schemes, particularly in the run, and I don't think they, they showed much of that in the spring preview either. So uh, incomplete grade for me with the O-line. Uh, second team, I think there's a few guys coming up there to an extent, um, but it's really going to be about which new players come into the mix and uh, if they do dethrone some of the, the players. Um, Raylan Nelson and Torian Penwright were the two tackles on Saturday, and we'll see if they're able to, to keep their jobs when some of these new guys come in or maybe they look to the portal to, to bring in another one but uh, speaking of the portal two O-linemen did exit uh, Joseph Church who's been here for about three seasons and did not see the field he has left the team as has Emil Savage a walk-on redshirt freshman uh, as well uh, did not play last year so uh, a couple spots to fill on the O-line too that uh, were not available before the spring yeah, so it's uh it's going to be a work in progress uh, um and you never know there's uh it seems like there was a couple of uh, spots opening up uh for the blogs that they can go out into the uh the transfer portal um maybe that's something they can go and uh, and try and hunt down Jackson uh, another offensive lineman or something. Yeah, you know it's just a strange situation when you compare it to the other positions because uh, you know, it's all new faces on the other offensive positions, but the O-line, I mean, they started eight different guys at times last year, and six of them are back. You can have a starting lineup with all your returning starters, but the problem is they were just were not quite as effective as they needed to be last year, and now they don't have a talented quarterback like Jake Hayner to, to bail them out of some situations. So uh, there's a lot of emphasis there to improve. Uh, they did not get a portal O-lineman earlier in the process, so maybe they can get one this time around. I think they were still in the hunt for one more if they could, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route here as well. And I think when it's all said and done, there will be at least one new player at tackle, if not two, if uh, someone can, can battle with Braylon Nelson at right tackle. And I think we'll see as well. That'll allow Spomer to play center. You'll have Avalo back, and you've got a couple of veterans and Tyrone Sampson and Jacob Isaiah to, to fill out the interior O-line. So, I've got hope that it'll be turned around, but 
uh, really one to two new tackles could uh, make a huge difference, I think, for that group. Yeah, so keep an eye on the uh, the transfer portal. That might be something that the Bulldogs go after uh, is uh, a couple of uh, offensive linemen. And everyone, I know there's people out there going, why are you going to waste transfer portal on offensive linemen? Well, <laughs> because we need them. <laughs> Plain and simple. Um, the Now, none of this is going to matter if we can't stop them on the other side of the ball, right, Jackson? So let's start off now on the de- de- defensive side of things and going off with the defensive line. How how are things panning out and what you were able to see so far this spring? Yeah, it looks good for me. Um, you know, it's always tough to evaluate the line play when – you're going up against your own team and it's pretty vanilla and that kind of stuff, but it's your first chance to really see the 23 D line setup, which features Devo bridges moving from tackle back to his more natural position of defensive end. As good as he played at tackle, still only about 250 pounds. So it makes a lot more sense to have him on the edge rather than in the interior. And then with him out and of course, Leonard Payne no longer here to backfill that tackle position, uh, Gabriel Lightfoot, has stepped in there. So you've got Isaiah Johnson returning at end. You've got uh, Johnny Hudson returning at tackle. You've got Lightfoot at the other tackle who started some games as a true freshman last year, got hurt, didn't see much of him the rest of the year, but is back to his old self and then Bridges at defensive end. So I mean, it's a pretty impressive uh, four-man starting lineup. Um, you know, they, a lot of some of those guys didn't have to play a whole lot on Saturday. Uh, looking at the second team, um, a pretty good group right now with Jacob Holmes, who has had a, a good spring. It's, he's also going to be a sophomore here. Um, had moments last year. Uh, it's, it's ready to be a second teamer, I think. And then Dupree Mendoza, the newcomer, six foot five, three fifteen, uh, about twenty four years old. After uh, taking some time away from football and then getting back to it at the junior college level, a really big sized defensive lineman there, a guy that. They can do some different things with, but uh, certainly going to be in the rotation. And uh, looking around at the defensive end, things have gotten a little bit thin. Uh, Demarcus Johnson left the team during spring and uh, is now in the portal. Uh, so they, he might have been the third defensive end right now, but they don't have him available. We did see uh, Jason Jacks and Charles Remlinger take those reps. And so it, it feels like the about the first eight guys are in a pretty good spot. Um, that there's going to be a few pieces coming in here still that can make a change uh, to a CV Nomura as a linebacker. He looked like they were going to try him at defensive end. He was not uh, healthy to play Saturday. Uh, they've got a few high schoolers coming in that might be able to make a difference. And Ezra Christensen is a junior college signee that's not here yet. Uh, I expect him to slide right into where Demarcus Johnson was. There's a lot of expectations for him. And, this is another position they're they're focusing in on in the portal and with junior college transfers. There's offers out to tackles and the ends right now. So I think when it's all said and done, you're going to have an established starting four and uh, about ten deep worth of guys that uh, can all rotate in and out, and, and that's exactly what you want. I think uh, Coach Franklin, um, you know, has gone through a little bit in terms of creating the culture. Uh, some guys have bought in, some haven't, and I think it's uh, it's already paid off last year with how they performed, and it's only going to keep going up with the the way that they're building the depth right now. Yeah, things are are looking good on defensive line. Um, you know, as long as they can come together, uh, I think they're going to be pretty solid on the on the D line itself. Uh, now, moving on to the next uh, position at uh, the linebacker position. Um, I don't know. Uh, this one, I'm I'm going to leave this one in your lap, Jackson. What have you seen so far? <laughs> yeah, we, well, the Bulldogs bring back Lavelle Bailey and Malachi Langley, who are basically the only two linebackers for the last part of last season. Uh, Phoenix Jackson had a role there as well, but um, you know they lost Freeman Scott to injury and uh, it left things pretty thin. There, there's a lot of younger and promising linebackers, but not a lot of experience in that group, so. This was an interesting spring to see who would emerge from that competition. And on Saturday, neither Lingley or Bailey played a whole lot. They got the veteran treatment. And it was really surprising to see not just Phoenix Jackson in there, but 
next to him uh, filling in for the first team was Tim Thomas, a redshirt freshman. I mean, I could list you five or six linebackers on this roster that have been battling for that second team position over the course of several seasons. And all of a sudden, Thomas seems to have leapfrogged all of them, including Raymond Scott, who uh, spent four years at USC and, and played quite a bit here last year before getting hurt early in the season. So I asked Coach Tedford about that, and he said uh, Thomas actually didn't come in in all that great a shape as a true freshman last fall and has made a total 180. It's really, it really impressed them and called him a, a big-time linebacker, I believe was the phrase he used uh, when he's out there. So it uh, could be a, a different-looking group that backs up Bailey and Langley. Uh, they could try some different formations. You know, as I mentioned last year, they were really only down to two linebackers, but in a 4-2-5 defense, that's okay. Um, I know they want to be a little more multiple. They might find ways to get three or four linebackers out on the field. Uh, Nomura, who I mentioned, if the Bulldogs are deep enough at defensive end, you know, he's more of a linebacker. He can play in open space. Uh, we didn't get to see it on Saturday, but uh, that gives you some depth. So I think the story of the linebackers this spring uh, are Jackson and Thomas rising to the top of the reserves and the fact that oh, you're probably another two or three guys deep when you get factor in Scott, who's got playing time under his belt and Pac-12 playing time at that. Um, Tanner Blunt has been in that mix. Um, Tyler Mello was healthy this spring, but uh, seems to be behind a few guys. And Zeke Branham as well missed all the spring with injuries. So there's a, a lot of options at a position where there's normally only two guys on the field. I think they're going to be in really good shape this year there. Yeah, that's uh, it's very encouraging to hear that the linebacker group is is really uh, coming together, so to speak. So things are going to look good for, the, uh, for that position. Now, there's always that one other position that kind of goes hand-in-hand with the linebacker position. That's the nickel, uh, the nickelback, Jackson. How is that position? position going to factor in at this point yeah you know Maurice Norris had a really big season last year stepping into that role and got a lot more comfortable in the second half of the season and it looks like he's going to stay there um there was some thought that maybe he would move to safety uh, just because the Bulldogs have two safety positions to refill and that maybe they put Justin Houston at nickel or someone else but Houston did get hurt over the course of spring and uh, now Reggie Strong, who was the backup nickelback, has hit the transfer portal, so he is out. Uh, so there's really just <laughs> just uh, Maurice Norris right now, and that's it. Uh, Charlotte and Charles also moved from linebacker to nickelback, so uh, that's, that's about it. It uh, looked like Kosi Agina played some nickel in the spring preview. So right now it's, it's all about Norris and seeing uh, if someone else can step up into that second role or if maybe they go out and get someone, but um, I, I think it looked like at the beginning of the spring they were going to change things up at nickel, and now my expectation is that it's going to be very much uh, status quo. Uh, maybe we'll see some of the cornerbacks and safeties that are kind of just outside of the starting lineup to get some action at nickel. Uh, we saw that last year where LJ Early played quite a bit of nickel back uh, when Norris was off the field or if they were in dime packages. So, uh, uh, that's a position beyond the starter that is uh, very much up in the air going into the rest of the off season. Yeah. Uh, again, more of the same, <laughs> a lot of positions up for grabs uh, on the Bulldogs, but uh, you know, this, the next position, the cornerbacks position, um, that is one that's been kind of up and down the last few seasons. Where do you see them this, uh, this season? It's healthy. Uh, this could be one of the best duos we've seen. Um, Cam Lockridge and uh, Carlton Johnson just played the lights out the last four games or so, and uh, they picked up right where they left off. They had a great spring. Um, again, if they stay healthy, I think the Bulldogs didn't have as good of top-end cornerback play as those two have for the last couple of years before that, but they normally had three or four at least corners that they were ready to, to cycle through and rotate. And if someone wasn't having a great day, they had another one ready to go. Uh, but right now things are pretty thin since Kale Sanders left the team previously and uh, Braylon Lux was dismissed from the team during the course of spring camp. Um, so, I mean, you don't have much experience without those two guys in the reserve units. 
Alzillian Hamilton had a big time spring and uh, it's going to be tough for him to, to, for the Fresno State to justify taking one of the two starters off the field to get him in there. But it does look like they have at least one reserve that's ready to contribute. If they can find a way to get him on the field or if he's needed due to injury, that they've got one ready to go. And I think this is going to be another position where they would like to add some depth and some experience to the portal this spring. Um, the other two players, that I mean, they were down to just five corners this spring. Uh, Julian Neal moved from safety to corner, six foot two athlete who played both the ways in high school was a pretty decorated receiver, gave a cornerback a shot this spring and a lot of potential there. If, if it pans out, I mean, that's a pretty interesting body to have there. Uh, not just six, two, uh, but and not just tall and long, but uh, has some, some size to him too. You know, he, the guy that can lower the boom and make some hits too, uh, has a big wingspan and, it would be very interesting if he can pan out there at cornerback. And Jamarion Briggs, who was a big recruit for Fresno State last year, has been hurt most of the time he's been here. Uh, but he had a chance to compete this spring and, and show what he can do in the spring preview. And He's showing some promise there, too. So uh, we'll see. Um, I think they're probably going to have to go out from the outside in to find a, a fourth cornerback, and, and that's going to be the big deal for Fresno State this offseason. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely going to be the key for the Bulldogs is finding some depth at that position because they, they do have the two starting players, but not much uh, behind there with experience. So let's uh, let's hope that they're able to kind of find a, a couple of additions uh, here later on in uh, in this this time period, because like we mentioned before, the transfer portal is open. Um, and the Bulldogs, I believe, have opened up a few spots with some other players transferring, so that should be able to to give them the opportunity to look for uh, additional uh, help on uh, at certain positions. Last on defense, now the safeties position, Jackson. Um, you know how how is that looking? Uh, I know you mentioned uh, Comstock earlier, uh, who is probably going to be taking one of those starting jobs. Uh, so what what do we what do we know about the safeties position? Yeah, Comstock's probably the the biggest story of the spring. Um, it seemed like that the Bulldogs knew they had one starter, which was going to be Dean Clark, the transfer from Kent State, and that has played out. He's been a, a very impactful addition. Uh, he also, in the spring preview, started and didn't have to play a whole lot. Him and Comstock both got the veteran treatment. They, they kept them from getting into harm's way on Saturday. Um, but Comstock was viewed as a, a pretty deep competition with guys like Krishan Gordon and Kosi Agina. Um, I mean, there's been a few others that's been in that mix, too, but probably those three more so. Um and it seems like Comstock has really distanced himself over the course of spring. So you feel like they figured out that starting duo right there with Clark and Comstock. You got some some depth as well with Gordon, with Agina. Um, they're a little thinner because if they have to move Agina to nickel, and Norris also could have played safeties back at nickel. So I think Cameron Bracca uh, from Fresno City had a, a really good spring camp and could be in the mix for a second-team spot walk-on from Fresno City, uh, but a very accomplished one at the junior college level. Uh, had a really good camp. Uh, Jaden Davis is in that mix, too. So maybe we'll see them as well hit the portal for another safety now that they don't quite have as many bodies in that room with experience as it looked like they were going to. But uh, a little bit of an interesting dynamic there. It went from seemingly having a bunch of guys and you didn't know if you had a starter to now, you know, you've got two starters, maybe not enough depth <laughs> as experience. So that's been a little bit of a shift in the safety room, but uh, they figured out the starting lineup and Comstock has really, really shown a lot of promise and potential over the course of his move to safety from quarterback. Uh, and, and now's really the time finally as a six year senior that he's going to get to show that off. Yeah, and and good for Comstock because he has been he's been hanging around for quite some time and uh, changing positions and everything. But it seems like he's finally found his footing and his uh, and his spot for for him on the team. So uh, it's good to see him get his opportunity. 
Now, uh, wrapping up the, the, the whole preview, Jackson, I guess uh, I guess we can't wrap it up without saying something about special teams. I mean, they need a little love, too, sometimes. <laughs> uh, so what do you got on, uh, on the kicking game? Yeah, you know, we didn't get to see much special teams on Saturday, but they kicked two field goals, and it was kind of right in line with what I would have anticipated to see. Uh, Abe Montano is hurt right now, so Dylan Lynch and the newcomer, Landon Ogles both kicked a field goal and Lynch made a 35 yarder that did not have much more distance than that. (laughs) And uh, that's kind of the impression we got during the course of last season when he filled in for Montano, he was really kicking a high percentage, but he never really attempted uh, too many long field goals. So uh, we knew he was pretty accurate from inside 35 and uh, not sure how much more distance he had on him. Um, He's handled kickoffs pretty well, so you know he's got it in the leg, but we haven't seen too many long attempts. Uh, Ogles, who was brought in more as a punter, uh, also has a history of kicking some long field goals, and they threw him out there for a 49-yarder in the spring preview, and it did not go through the uprights, but it went about another 10 to 15 yards beyond what how the distance it needed to go. So uh, if the Bulldogs need a uh, 63-yarder at Utah State to win the game, I imagine he's going to be the guy that's going to try to make that one or 56 yard or whatever it was Kevin Guesting made out there uh, quite a while back. Uh, Ogle's going to be the guy to maybe give that a shot. Um, didn't see much in terms of punting. Carson King's back. Ogle should be the new backup there. Um, Nick D'Ambre and Michael Munoz are back at long snapper. And we do not have an answer in the return game yet. We've had some reports on the VIP board over the course of spring as to who might take that over. But I think right now in the portal, they're trying to find Nico Remigio uh, part two is someone that can fill in at that slot position and return kicks and punts. So I think that's still TBD there. And speaking of the portal, I think I hit all of them along the way, except for the D line. Uh, Bulldogs have lost three defensive linemen uh, since the spring preview ended. Matt Lawson and John Sniffen uh, both entered. They were both 13 tackles on Saturday. Lawson's played a lot of football for the Bulldogs, but as a six-year senior on the third team, uh, he's going to look for somewhere that he might be able to get more playing time with his super senior year. And redshirt freshman Miles Bailey has also hit the portal. Um, he had two highlights, actually, a sack and a pass deflection on Saturday, but you know, he was in a class of five defensive lineman uh, last year as freshman and uh, he was the only one who did not play so uh, I was a little bit behind in the competition there yeah that's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see what the Bulldogs do like you said there's a few positions that open up that they can go after uh on the transfer portal uh so uh, I expect to see a little bit of movement right Jackson yeah that's you know, my understanding was that Fresno State was pretty high over the 85 scholarship limit, and uh, now they're below it, so there's plenty of room for them to go add players now. Um, as mentioned, O-line potentially, but uh, slot receiver, uh, D-line, tackle and end are all priorities right now, and the secondary too. Some cornerback depth, maybe an extra safety, so there's a lot of pieces out there, and they've got enough room, I think, to get most of them. Uh, I think we'll probably see a couple more departures here before it's all said and done. There's still another 10 days in the portal window. So um, uh, I think we're we're far from over with what uh, the movement in the portal right now. Now that that is our update for the Fresno State football team, uh, but you know we can't wrap up this uh, this podcast because there is a, a little bit more to go into. But it's on the basketball side of things, and uh, Jackson, it's safe to say the uh, basketball team last last season uh, really failed to impress, so to speak, um, and so that leaves a lot to be said and a lot of things that can happen. What what's your what's your latest take on uh, on uh, the Fresno State basketball team? And uh, I know there's some commits out there, but give us give us a little a little shot of basketball uh, news here. Yeah, well, I guess it's I assume it's safe to say Coach Hudson's coming back. <laughs> uh, they still haven't said anything officially from Fresno State. That's but, a head scratcher. Uh, yeah, I think we're at the past the point of no return here. Um, my understanding was that they were vetting it for quite some time, but I, I 
it's kind of gone silent there. I think uh, it is what it is at this point. Um, the Bulldogs, well, Coach Hudson's message from the end of the season was that his guys were ready to come back and uh, they would add a couple new pieces and be able to get over the hump, per se. And uh, since then, they've lost seven players. So <laughs> a little bit of more turnover than anticipated. Uh, two of them were graduates, of course, but five were players that entered the transfer portal. Uh, most notably, Jamal Baker uh, recently hit the portal and committed to New Mexico. Anthony Holland as well hit the portal and committed to Washington. So uh, those were two losses where uh, you know, this roster is really more, more overhauling than it is adding pieces at that point when you lose guys like that. But uh, with seven scholarships open, Coach Hudson has already added four commitments. And uh, most recently, he added Isaiah Pope, a transfer out of Utah Tech, a uh, taller guard, six foot five junior who had a 13 points per game last season, um, you know, and a nice scoring guard with some height. Um, they also added uh, more recently Michael Robinson, who originally committed in North Texas over some pretty impressive offers, but spent the last two years in junior college and comes off of a 12 uh, points per game scoring season. Uh, he also had quite a few D1 offers to choose from. I really like that he averaged three assists per game, a little bit of a point forward there. Um, and that's a position that Fresno State needed to address with Anthony Holland leaving uh, Robinson at six foot seven. Can kind of do a little bit of everything at that stretch four position. So I think a good refill there for the roster. And Earlier in the process, they picked up two commitments, one from Wyoming guard Xavier Ducell, who uh, averaged about nine points a game at Wyoming, played and started a lot there, 50 games over three seasons. Uh, nice three-point shot with him. And one more transfer from Arizona State, a, a seven-foot close to it uh, center, Enoch Spolake, who was a five-star recruit out of high school. Um, really didn't play much at Arizona State, so... It's hard to, to get excited too much about the five-star aspect, but uh, certainly is a chance for a guy to contribute at the Mountain West level. Uh, they're going to get Chuksi Satua back, who missed basically all year with injuries. So uh, he's another tall center option. So they've got three centers on the roster now and some options to back up Eduardo Andre as a hills back. So uh, it feels like almost a wash between all the players that they've brought in and, and are getting back to health when you Factor in Jojo Hunter too, uh, but they still have three scholarships open, and that's where we'll see, from my mind, if Coach Hart can get this roster over the top, or uh, how exactly they fill out those last roster spots. Yeah, and uh, and if things don't start to to uh, go their way, I expect a, a an a, an early year dismissal for the coach, <laughs> um, early season dismissal. So I don't know. I don't know, Jackson. What what are your thoughts on that? I mean, if the Bulldogs come out of the gate really struggling, uh, do the Bulldogs pull the trigger on 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 the coach? You know, I I don't think so. Just because now with the roster changing so much that. It probably is, to be fair to them, going to be a bit of a struggle for the first month or two uh, to figure things out and figure out the rotation and compete a little bit uh, between the roster to see who's going to earn those spots. Um, I think that they're, at this point, they're just going to ride things out. Maybe if it gets ugly, they will make a move before the very end of the season. And I think that would be strategic because... Um, Fresno State in the California State system has to post the job for 14 days before they can hire the next coach. So, uh, would make you know if you want to make a quick move that you would get it moved a little bit earlier before the end of the year. But to Hudson's fairness, you know he's had a couple of good years here. Last year was not one of them, but uh, he's had some good seasons, and uh, he claimed that he's gone through. You know, and some of it is uh, very fair that he's gone through some weird challenges here at Fresno State and. He doesn't feel he has all the backing he needs. And, you know, we're seeing already that he's changing some things, uh, being a little more aggressive on the recruiting trail. He's a little more active on social media. And uh, we'll see if he can put it together here with this extra year. Uh, I have a hard time seeing it get to the point where they'll keep him on board and, and give him a new contract. But uh, he's here and, you know, going to give him a shot to see if he can do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. It, it, 
if anything, uh, I guess they will wait until uh, closer to the end of the season to to make a change if they need to. So uh, we'll we'll see how things pan out, uh, uh, so to speak, for the uh, basketball team here coming up. Now, Jackson, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Yeah, so the Bulldogs have wrapped up spring camp, but uh, still a lot going on, especially with this portal action. Um, the recruiting is going to be a big deal on barkboard.com here for the next month or two. Um, June is also a big month as well, <laughs> both with wrapping up this current class, but uh, camp season for the 2024 recruiting class. Bulldogs had about 35 uh, recruits on campus last weekend for the spring preview. They had about 25 recruits from the 24 class and uh, about half the signing class for next year or this current year. They made the trip out for the spring preview and even a power five transfer was on campus that was taking a visit uh, who is not committed, but is considering the Bulldogs. So we've got all that scoop on the premium board and we'll continue to be covering recruiting very hard here. Uh, baseball season is also heating up. There's about another month and then hopefully Bulldogs will be in the Mountain West Tournament, which is going to be hosted right here at Fresno State. So if that's the case, we'll be there to, to cover all that. And uh, basketball as well is going through a lot of recruiting. Craft is coming up next week. So a whole lot's going on right now. And uh, make sure, even though we won't see a football being thrown at Valley Children's Stadium now for another uh, four months or so, that uh, barkboard.com continues to cover Fresno State football and sports uh, the same way it does all year long uh, through these off-season months. And if you're interested in being VIP, where the majority of our reporting and content goes, uh, you can join for just a dollar right now, or you can try uh, our sale for the year, which is 30% off of a year's subscription. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are if you haven't done so already, you're missing out. There is a lot uh, going on over at the Bark Board. Um, and uh, I don't know, Jackson, are, are we about due for a uh, conference realignment podcast soon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping the, the big one will come here soon. You know, there's been a lot of post on the VIP board. Um, right now, there's a thread that's uh, a thousand comments deep almost, <laughs> <laughs> which um, is just one of the many realignment threads we've had over the, the course of all this. I think if you know, we haven't been able to say everything that we're hearing, but uh, there's a lot of people that uh, don't have the journalistic responsibility that I do <laughs> that are posting on the VIP board and uh, giving a little more insight to what's going on. And uh, of course, uh, myself as well, whenever I have a legitimate update to pass along, I'm, I'm doing it there. Um, I think we're looking at a timeline now over the next three months where either something will or won't happen and uh, we can put this topic to rest a little bit. And hopefully that means uh, Fresno State is headed to the Big 12 when it's all said and done. Yeah, so there's a... Uh, there's a, a little bit of a hint there so but we'll uh we'll uh, we'll uh, keep things going and as soon as we have the opportunity to drop any news publicly on anything uh we will definitely hop back on a podcast and uh, and get that going but for now it's the the whole situation is a little too fluid right jackson there's there's really too much going on that really we can't report on anything yeah, you know, it's, uh, I put as much as I can on the VIP board uh, when we have it. Um, we've had a pretty good grasp of where things stand for about the last three months, and now we're starting to hit the point where what we've been reporting should start coming into fruition. So uh, that is another process that might take some time, and uh, a lot of it has to do with the Pac-12 TV contract and whether some of those schools will go to the Big 12, but... Uh, we should be hitting a time here pretty soon where the pieces around Fresno State will start moving and we'll kind of dictate what happens with the Bulldogs here. Yeah, I've been hearing that that Pac-12 situation is going to come to a head within the next two to three weeks. So if that's any indication as to when we might start to hear some news, uh, I'd say by uh, sometime early May, right, Jackson? If everything goes according to plan, there should start... Some of these dominoes should start happening here fairly quickly if something were to happen at the Pac-12. 
Um, so we're, we're going to keep our eyes peeled for that. And if uh, if news does break, Jackson and I will hop on as quickly as we can and get something <laughs> out for you. Uh, we have done that before. Uh, we, we can do it again. So if, as soon as we know something, we will make sure that we break it as quickly as possible. Uh, that being said, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at RedWaveReport. And as always, if you haven't done so already, give a like over at our Facebook page. Uh, five five to 6,000 strong so far. Uh, a lot of people in that community. Now, and also, if you haven't done so already, head over to thebarkboard.com uh, where we have both free and premium subscriptions. But, you know, of course, premium subscription is where you want to be, where you can get all the latest news and updates, even conference realignment stuff all all being <laughs> talked about there uh so i want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next time as we continue the ongoing coverage of fresno state athletics <laughs>